everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for right now, pretty much. Um, Joining me today, he's a repeat offender because he was on a little while ago. Um, He was on with his gang and his crew and, uh, well, we had a chat and I asked this particular person if they would like to come back on and have a chat about other things that they're doing and other things that are involved in. So, back from Tomb Guardians, I've got Cass Sawinski. So, hello, Cass. Hello, Richard. Thanks for having me again. That's all right. That's okay. I thought we should get you back on because I wasn't 100% happy with the recording from last time, and I thought it'd be a good idea to find out Find that we didn't really get a chance to kind of like find out a little bit about yourself as well, anyway. So we want to find out a little bit, kind of a little bit more about yourself. But um, when we talked last time, we were talking about um, uh, Velras Vampires, um, and that campaign went on to fund, didn't it? Yes, it funded and uh, it did. Uh... Uh, pretty well. Uh, I was very happy with the results and we have uh, just ordered the manufacturing of the miniatures uh, uh, actually yesterday. So right. uh, we are, we're moving forward and hopefully those products will get uh, shipped out uh, here earlier than expected. All right. Okay. What kind of time scale are you looking at? Well, we put on the time scale for the Valorous Vampires uh, mid-October to end of October, mm-hmm. but if everything goes well, and we'll knock on wood that everything goes well, we're hoping to be able to ship by the end of August. So, roughly a month, month and a half early. Well, that is good. That is really, really good. Um, and everything, as I say, everything kind of went, I can't kind of, everything kind of went to plan. There was a bump in kind of like the Kickstarter, it went through the funding, it funded out the other side, and um, which is fine, but we we demand, well, the people demand to know a little bit more about your good self, because <laughs> one of the things we missed out, because obviously we had Bobby on, and we had, you know, we had Jason on, and, you know, there was a general crowd, and there was a lot of murmuring, and there was a lot of natter, and there was a lot of laughter, but um, we found out kind of very, very little about kind of like your good self and normally what we like to have um, when we do have people and we're not wizards to have a little bit of a chat just to find out a little bit about kind of like your history really. No, that's so, great. Do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of how you kind of got into the hobby and how kind of like um, you know in the first place um, and then we can obviously we can chat about what you know where kind of Tomb Guardians kind of came from. Sure. 
Um, well, I've gamed most. I'm a gamer, and I've gamed most of my life going back to high school mm-hmm. and through college and uh, as I became an adult and gamed all through my adult my adulthood, and my friends are all gamers. And I actually uh, lean towards the historical side of gaming, uh, the World War II and American Civil War side. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I had children and, uh, right. I have an older son. He's, uh, he's 12 years old. And as he's got older, he yeah. likes the Dungeons and Dragons. And I played Dungeons and Dragons my entire life. Uh, oh, right. Okay. so that's essentially how it started. So we have a convention so you, uh, here. Were you kind of like a tabletop? Were you kind of like a tabletop kind of not role player, but were you into kind of like skirmish games and your army games and, yeah, we yeah, have. I like mean, that, we play. Yeah, we play Piquet and Johnny Reb for uh, mm-hmm. for Civil War and ta- tabletop board games. And of course, I, I do. I do role play. I play Traveler and Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. and Bushido. So, in those role playing games, I've always role played, and I still do role playing with friends online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a good set of friends that live in Connecticut, in Connecticut, and we do it once a week on on Sunday night. All right, but okay. uh, uh, so as my sons got older, and I play, of course, computer games and the Dungeons and Dragons online, and and mm-hmm. uh, 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 Lord of the Rings we play online. Right. He's got more and more interested in the fantasy side, and since he was as he was growing older, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna start. Uh, getting him introduced to role-playing games by doing the fantasy. And it was essentially started as a hobby. And I started painting up some fantasy miniatures and made up a a real simple rule set because he was at the time only five years old. And as we played, the rules got more and more complicated and more intense. And then there's a local convention here in Columbus, Ohio, every year called Origins. And oh, it's yeah, I've heard of Origins, yeah. yeah. It's coming up next month. And so I started running that particular game uh, at Origins. And mm-hmm. as the years progressed and he got older, we got a bigger and bigger and bigger following until last year, um, my son came home and bragged to my wife how many people wanted to play and how uh, how well it went over. And my wife was the actually the uh, the flame bef- behind the fire and said, no, right, well, "Why okay. don't you yeah. why don't you write your rules? Why don't you publish your rules?" And I was like, "You know, I've always thought about it, and you know what? I'm going to do it." And a little encouragement from my son, so I sat down. And that's how it started. And I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to write some rules. Uh-huh. I'm going to write the rules down. And I don't know, Richard, if you've ever wrote written rules. But wow, it's quite a uh, time-consuming, intense process to write a set of rules. I've <laughs> it's not as easy as people think. I've written training manuals for a bank. Um, uh-huh. So, And I've heard that that's probably easier than writing rules. Was there, was there a particular rule set that you followed? I mean, was it a D10 kind of rule set? Was it a D6 kind of rule set? I mean, what kind of D20 rule set? I mean, what was your... 
Sure. What was your, what was your kind of your rule set kind of based around? What was the was there any particular things that influenced it, or that you decided right? My rules are not going to have this in it because it's, I just don't like that part of the rule set. Yeah, that's a good question. I I liked I, I really like Dungeons & Dragons uh-huh. as a role-playing game. But the problem with Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm sure you, as you, you can uh, attest to, that Dungeons & Dragons is very, very complicated and not an easy <laughs> thing to play when you sit down with little kids or uh, young teenagers. It's hard to explain some of the rules so they, they grasp all the rules. So mm-hmm. besides the Dungeon and Dragons, I like the a rule set out there called Warlord, oh, and yeah. and decided you know what I like some of the aspects of Warlord and and their skirmish the skirmish abilities of Warlord and I like Dungeon and Dragons. So let's come up with my own set so I could do a dungeon crawl game that mm-hmm. we could sit down and and play an adventure uh, with with a group of friends in mm-hmm. a four to five hour period. And then we can put it away and come back and pick it up later on, similar to Dungeons & Dragons, just not as complicated. And that's essentially how oh, it started. And yeah, as the yeah. years gone gone on, I, it's essentially taken its own legs. And I've uh, one of my best friends who lives in Switzerland, his name's Rick, uh, is actually writing... Uh, the rules and putting his twist into the rules uh, to, so we can release it later this year. And we'll talk about that here a little bit, a little bit more, but that's essentially how it started. So origins and my wife getting involved, my son getting involved. And then the process of writing the rules, my wife said, Hey, do you have miniatures that go along with your game? And I was like, no, I yeah. just use what's out there. I have my own, mm-hmm. I just use what's out there. And again, she's like, well, why don't you develop your own and, and design your own, your own miniatures? And I was like, well, honey, do you know how much that costs? Exactly. And, and she's like, it's well, the, it, it's it always bottom, boils down it's the, the bottom of your, It's the bottom of your meme, isn't it? It's like one does, exactly. once does not simply make some miniatures. Yeah, exactly. No. And I was like, it, it costs a lot, and she, you know, she she's not a gamer. I know she'll play board games and such with the family, but she's not a role player or anything uh-huh. in that matter. But she's like, well, if it's a dream of yours and you want to do it, why don't you do it? So I reached out to some of my friends in the industry, uh-huh. and they got me in touch with uh, uh, Fortress Miniatures, uh, Jeff and Ben. And mm-hmm. Jeff and Ben, I told them what I wanted to do. Uh, got me a hold of, got a hold uh, of some sculptors that I wanted to sculpt for our company if I was going to do that. And I only mm-hmm. wanted the best sculptors in the world to sculpt for our company mm-hmm. uh, and well-renowned ones. So he got me. They got me in touch with uh, Jason Weeby and Bobby Jackson. Yeah, and I told him my vision. I told him what I wanted to do with our line of miniatures, and the quality I wanted. Um, uh, as you're well aware of, Richard, and some of uh, some of your audience is aware uh, uh, aware of, we only produce metal miniatures. All our miniatures are spun cast, and we offer yeah. a five year guarantee on all our miniatures. So if you break a miniature, all you got to do is mail it back to us, and we'll replace it for free. So yeah, yeah. speaking with Bobby and Jason, they 
they said they were aboard and agreed to sculpt for us. And that's essentially how the process started. We had we did Dwarves and Monsters last December, and we just, like I said, or we talked about earlier, we just finished uh, the Vampires yeah. and Monsters just here in uh, at the end of March, uh, in April. Mm-hmm. So uh, since we talked last, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, we added another sculptor to uh, our company, uh, Gene Van Horn, which is another sculptor that uh, sculpts for some of our competitors, of course, being Reaper and uh, yeah. Wizards of the Coast. But uh, we're excited to have Gene aboard and, and working with us. And in our when we release our Amazon uh, female faction here soon and our Kickstarter, he actually sculpted four of the female Amazons. That's pretty. That is, that is smart. Um, you seem to have gone for as high a quality as possible as opposed to kind of like getting stuff out the door as kind of quickly as possible. Was that a, was that a conscious decision? Do you think that... Um, there's a kind of a gap in the market for kind of like the the kind of the the kind of the more metal miniatures with a kind of a high quality kind of sculpt on them. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, what, that's what you just said is exactly what I, I I'm I'm uh, the niche I'm filling. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's min there's some companies that produce metal miniatures. Um, uh, one of the largest companies, of course, we know out there. Um, of course, Reaper, they, they produce metal miniatures, but they don't concentrate on that line. And there's the gap of either you produce a lot of cheap miniatures, and when mm-hmm. you do that, you lose the quality of the miniatures. Yes, you, you can buy a whole bunch of figures for a couple bucks, and you get a skeleton or you get a zombie. And it looks like a skeleton or zombie, yeah. but you lose fine details on those miniatures. For myself, and this is just my personal preference, and what what they do is they're awesome, and they do a great job at. They're they're a bunch of great guys, but for my company, I decided I wanted to go a different route. I was going to offer a high detailed, high quality product that if somebody's going to buy my product, I wanted to put my name on it and say, hey, if you buy one of my dwarfs and you play with it for three or four years, and by chance you knock it off the table and you break mm-hmm. a sword, mail it back to me and I'll replace it. And I wanted to fill that niche with the, the metal miniatures. Nobody offers a warranty on any of their figures. But you know what? If it makes it somebody happy that a miniature breaks and they send it back to me and it costs me 6 or $7 to replace a miniature, so be it. I mean, if it makes them happy and they continue buying miniatures from me, that's what it's all about. I'd rather make somebody happy and replace a $6 figure than have them all upset that they broke it yeah i think um i mean it happens i mean you know oh people, absolutely you know it, it does happen to people and i think it's a big it's kind of like a big measure of your customer service isn't necessarily how quick you get a product out the door the customer service is is often down to and you hear these stories all the time and i mean i've seen posts on facebook of people saying that you know oh i lost this from this company and I emailed them, um, you know, I emailed them that day and then three days later I've got like a replacement part sitting in my mailbox and, you know, they'll go ahead and tell, you know, they'll put a, a, a post on social media to that effect. At the same time, if you're providing bad customer service, it, some people, they might not mention it, but also 
they'll maybe not play your game again and they'll definitely make sure that they're not buying any of your products again but I guess the board gaming space is quite interesting is that I don't need to go onto social media to kind of moan and complain about the service that I got. I can just be at the board game group the next week surrounded by seven or eight of my friends and be telling yeah. them, all right, well, you know, I uh, I sent an email in to get a replacement thing and they said, well, um, it'd be $10 to replace it and it'd be another $7 to ship out to me kind of thing. That's it. I'm not playing that game again or buying any more of their products. And these kind of things have a have a kind of a way of, of kind of spreading out there which is, is never going to be uh, good. That, that's exactly right. I mean, it's it's about customer service. And I, I on my end, I have, I've got thousands and thousands. I probably have over 10,000 miniatures in my collections between historical and fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. Like, just like you said, I've been there where I've broken something. And, and especially for my World War II collection, uh, the the pieces that I have that are off countries, not the primary countries like Bulgaria or Romania and those, those mm-hmm. pieces, if, and essentially I broke some of those pieces and I wanted to get them replaced. And they're like, well, sorry, you, you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And for myself, and, I, and I'm not saying they're bad, but for myself, I'd rather give something away that makes somebody happy than argue over a couple dollars to make them upset. And like you said, they'll then sit down with their buddies mm-hmm. and tell them, oh, I had to pay, pay to get it fixed. And that's just not right. Well, I mean, in today's, in today's market with the social media, Facebook and all the different social groups that you can belong to, it doesn't take long to, to get a bad reputation. Um, and I don't want that. I want us to, to be the company that people love because we take care of our customers. It's it, yes, of course, it's about making money, but it's more than that. It's about making sure your customers happy and they're happy with your products and they love your products. That's what it boils down to. And our price point, our miniatures, comparably to the Bones collections or some of the other companies out there, are not. Uh, there are really marginally more expensive. We're not talking about three, four, five dollars. We're talking about cents on the on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if you only, am I getting this right that you've not been going that long at all? You know, no, this hasn't been your, you know, you don't really. Yeah, we, uh, we started. Yeah, we haven't. We started essentially last July. Uh, well, yeah, uh-huh. last July, we started, and we now have, with this last Kickstarter, over fifty miniatures in our line. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're in the process of, uh, our next Kickstarter, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. We're releasing mm-hmm. a brand new 3d dungeon tile set, uh, for, uh, that'll be on the market. Uh, and then we have four other Kickstarters planned for this year for additional miniatures. So this time next year, if everything goes well and as planned, mm-hmm. we'll have over 160 miniatures on our, on our line in less than a year and a half worth of in business. And obviously you're getting them out the door as quickly as possible. So it's not a case that you're funding and then it's going to be a year and a half or no. eight months before anybody sees anything. It sounds to me that, you know, as soon as you're funding, you're getting everything together and it's going to be in the customer's hands, you know, pretty quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I'm glad you said that because that's absolutely correct. Uh, our Valorous Vampires, like I said, we just ordered. I just placed the order for the production molds and the miniatures uh, for that uh, that Kickstarter prior to the actually the the back end or the backer kit being finalized. That doesn't get finalized till this Sunday. But mm-hmm. I already went ahead and placed that order because I want our customers and uh, the people that buy our miniatures to have those miniatures as fast as possible. So they don't have to wait nine months to a year because yeah. most of the time that's how long it takes. And I don't want them to have to wait. I want them to have the, if I could get the miniatures in July or June, mm-hmm. so be it. Let's get them to the customers, let them enjoy it. Cause I mean, it makes everybody happy. Yeah. And, yeah I also noticed that um, Kickstarter seems to be kind of um, clamping down on people having multiple campaigns as well i think um colossal games or they still have or still seem to have several campaigns which are either um they're on hold or they're suspended i think due to having oh really i didn't know that yeah 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 i didn't know i didn't know they did that yeah yeah it seems to be well i mean i've been there i've been i've been one of those customers that have waited to buy something and got burnt so yeah uh, Yeah. i mean it, it, it happens but on our end, uh, like I said, I want them to have our customers to have the product as soon as possible. See, from an environmental point of view, with you making the miniatures out of metal instead of plastic, does that mean there's kind of like almost like a recycling kind of thing that you can take into consideration as well? Because I take it if you you're less likely to have less waste during production because you're using metal, and also at the end of it, if you know, if somebody decides that they're gonna, they are gonna like give up the hobby and then turn in the miniatures, they can get them kind of recycled as well. They're not going to a landfill where they're gonna hanging around for the next, you know, twenty thousand years or whatever. <laughs> I mean, if you look at that that standpoint, yes, uh, they're metal. Our miniatures are metal. Majority of the miniatures made up of tin. I believe ninety ninety eight percent of it's made up of tin. Okay. Um, but uh, when we spin cast, you're absolutely right. When you spin cast, the difference between metal and resin, uh, one of the differences is when you spin cast, you can recycle the metal that you don't use that mm-hmm. spun away and gets in the cracks. You can melt that down and reuse it. And if mm-hmm. somebody wants to reuse the <laughs> reuse the miniature and decides he doesn't want the miniature, they can melt it down or send it back to us and we can melt it down or, mm-hmm. or whomever. Whereas if you do a resin or a plastic uh, miniature, once you, you once you melt it down, you can't use that product a second time. Uh, so whatever yeah. goes to waste is for is to is to waste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk dungeon tiles. I mean, is it, it's a natural progression. You know, it's a natural progression to go from um, bringing on your own brand of kind of dungeon dungeon tiles but i mean it's a fairly kind of aggressive move in terms of because a a lot of companies i know kind of wait a while until they look at terrain Mm -hmm. was it part again was it just part of the kind of the tomb guardians kind of brand to make sure if people are kind of playing the game that you're that if they're playing within the world it's kind of like that you're trying to have the same vision throughout all you know no matter kind of what they're playing was that the kind of the idea behind it um yes and no um hmm. all our products that we produce no matter if they're a miniature 
or now the 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 terrain or the dungeon tiles. I wanted to produce a product that could be multi-used in any facet. So if you're playing mm-hmm. Pathfinder, or if you're playing D and D, or Call of Cthulhu, or uh, any of the other games out there, you could use our products with that. Saying that. Mm-hmm. We are releasing a game, of course, like a, like you know, Richard, here later this fall, uh, which all our miniatures and all our terrain tie into when we release that particular game. So there's yeah. a purpose behind it, but just because there's a purpose behind it doesn't mean that this train is just focused for our game or our miniatures are mm-hmm. just focused mm-hmm. for, for the game. No, we wanted to have a product that everybody can join no matter what, what, the, what the situation is. So these particular, and we're, I'm very, very excited about uh, the dungeon tiles that we're releasing. Ian uh, Lovecraft is our sculptor. Uh, he just mm-hmm. did a, a, a Kickstarter campaign uh, just a little bit ago, the Goblin King. I don't know if you saw it on Kickstarter and yeah. did pretty well on that. But yeah. he's a fantastic sculptor, and so I con- I reached out to him and again talked with him, and he agreed to sculpt for us and uh, our dungeon that we're releasing or the dungeon tiles we're releasing are uh, a 3D dungeon of a lost dwarven mine shaft and there's essentially roughly 40 pieces to to the to the dungeon or to the the tiles there's 40 t- different tiles and then there's special rooms that uh, we're creating or I'm creating that go along with that such as there's mm-hmm. a, a crystal room that crystals light up and they all light up in different colors and there's a storage room and a, a forge room and a uh, a blacksmith area. So I'm very excited about the dungeon tiles because if people role play, you can use these and uh, these tiles and these tiles aren't just normal dungeon tiles. I mean, they're highly, highly detailed. And what's most exciting about the tiles is the normal tiles that are on the market right now, like Dragon Lock tiles, and there's many other uh, small companies that have tiles out there they're all used to clip together and using clips to clip together they're extremely hard to get together and they're extremely hard to get them apart and when you do you generally break the clips or you break the 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 tile itself and what I decided and how I decided to uh, design our terrain is they're all magnetically connected together and we uh, use the polarity of the magnets to connect the tiles together so like i say my three-year-old loves to do it she just comes and plays with them and connects them all together (laughs) and by doing that what i found out is by the polarity of the magnets there's no gaps between the tiles so you don't have to push them together and be careful so you don't break them the magnets pull them together so there's no gaps between between the tiles very easy to get apart yeah. Does it mean configuring them is kind of a lot easier as well? That if you don't like configuration, it's not a case that you have to completely stop the game for 20 minutes or whatever while you kind of 
take things apart and try and put them back together you simply kind of almost like pull it out it'll snip out quite easily and then you can switch it around with other tiles quite easily then yeah absolutely you just pull it apart and within seconds you Mm -hmm. can move another chamber i mean that's one of the things that i didn't like about some of our competitors is that if you're trying Mm -hmm. to do a dungeon and you're doing it in a fog of war setting so somebody doesn't know what's coming it's hard to do that with some of the some of the pieces that are out there because you you have to snap them all together and make sure they fit together yeah. so it looks right. With this, the magnets just pull it right together. I mean, there is no assembly; they just clip right or they just clap together and you move on, um, which is is pretty exciting. How big are the individual tiles? I mean, how many figures? Mm-hmm. Are you looking at being able uh, to fit on an individual tile? Uh, well, I did actually. I did the tiles a little. Uh, the The length of the tiles I'm going to talk in, in inches here are essentially generally two inches long or four inches long is the base tile and mm-hmm. length. Uh, the width is uh, two and a half inches wide. So when you put two p- pieces wide, essentially with the walls are five inches wide but there's four inches playing space in between the walls. So if you're using uh, a human or a dwarven figure, you could essentially put four figures side to side in a hallway. And I purposely did that because too many times I played many games and you can't put the bigger monsters in a hallway. I mean, you can't, you can't put a, an ogre or an earth elemental in a hallway because they just won't fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I did it, did it the lengthwise. Uh, this, like I said, this particular uh, dungeon, uh, the uh, the it's essentially the a forgotten dwarven mine that you explore. They have uh, they've got mine tracks and there's cave in pieces and corridor pieces and uh, connector pieces that you can use your imagination on how big or how small you want essentially use a dungeon and when we release our game set this is uh, part of the pieces that will be used in the first release of the game for the first adventure um, mm-hmm. uh, of the game because there's an, uh, this is the top that if, if you can picture it these are the top levels of the dungeon and then underneath the top levels is the dwarven uh, dungeon itself it's a dwarven uh, dwarven dungeon underneath and I'm holding yeah, that yeah. particular set for the for the game when we release it, so people have the opportunity to get that particular dungeon also. So, um, in terms of the Kickstarter, did you, you know, obviously with you being kind of successful with the first campaign, um, mm-hmm. have you have you learned in terms of kind of like what you're going to do in terms of like the tiers and stuff like that, or the stuff that you're kind of saying, well, this time we're not going to bother with this tier because um, there wasn't enough interest in it. Is it? Is it? Have you? Is it kind of help define your strategy when you're going into this kind of like the terrain kind of Kickstarter? Well, the terrain's a little different than miniatures. Uh, on the miniature side, we did an a la carte level, which people mm-hmm. can pick whatever how many miniatures they wanted to do at uh, I think seven dollars a piece. And yeah. then we did the Valrith Vampires uh, level, which they got all the vampires. And then we did an all 
uh, an all-encompass level where everybody got everything in our entire catalog. So there's really only three levels yeah. for the miniature side. Uh, on the tile side, that's a little bit different because on the tile side, we are actually producing hard products. We're not selling digital files. So a person, yeah. when they purchases the t purchases our set, they're getting actual physical products. They're not getting a digital file so they can print it themselves. Um, yeah. So they'll be, uh, and actually, I was we were working on this today. Uh, there's going to be number a number of different levels. Uh, essentially, we'll just say the the beginner level, which they can get X amount of tiles for a set price, and then uh, an intermediate level, and then an all inclusive, and then maybe a jumbo package where they get a bunch of tiles uh, together so mm -hmm. they can make a, a, a large dungeon. Um, how many tiles are broken down individually? We haven't come to that number yet. Is that going to be dependent on cost? Is that dependent on kind of like putting them together? Well, I guess we don't want to make a whole different. But yeah, that's exactly. It's a whole different ball of wax because you're you're talking about terrain now and mm -hmm. dungeon tiles and a lot of things go into this this comp, uh, calculation of what goes into each package because mm -hmm. we're going to be as a company producing these dungeon tiles and it goes a lot of long, along the lines of how long does each piece take and if a person purchases say the first beginner level is 10 tiles how long is that going to take to produce and how much does each tile cost to do yeah because uh, where there's when a person 3d prints like i do uh, i mean we do um but when you do clips clips are a lot cheaper than magnets because now we're, we're uh, putting magnets also into with the tiles yeah. so I mean, there may, I don't know how many tiles there'll be in each individual set, but of course, we're also conscious on how much it costs because we don't want people to look at the product and say, oh my gosh, you're going to give me 50 tiles and it's going to cost me $500. And there's a company yeah. out there that does that. actually, it's more than that. And, uh, and there's yeah. a company out there that, that is that realm. And they do awesome at what they do. I mean, but uh, I mean, they of course, uh, uh, their their products are all poured. But I mean, we don't want to be where it's going to cost you ten to thirteen dollars for one particular tile. I mean, I would like to say that our tiles are going to be four dollars. I like the and then when I'm talking about uh, uh, U.S. dollars here, yeah, uh, which is a little different than euros. But for U.S. dollars, I'd like to keep that around four, maybe five dollars at the most, so people can afford the products. Because if they're too expensive, they're just not going to buy it. I mean, people all have, everybody has a budget. I mean, I know you do, I, I yeah. do, uh, and they all, most yeah. most of us, as we got older, we all have families. I mean, and there's a certain amount that you can contribute to a hobby. And if it's just too expensive, they're just not going to buy it. So we're very, very conscious, and I'm very conscious on how much it's going to cost. And to that matter, for the Kickstarter, the, the Kickstarter for the tiles, we've got a lot of stretch goals and a lot of add-ons. And we had talked, I had talked, mentioned one of them uh, is uh, one of the things I wanted to do is have a pretty cool room, uh, a crystal room where the dwarves are mining crystals out of the room. And that particular yeah. room is going to light up and the crystal, the 
the main crystals in the room are going to light up in different colors. And in the colors, as they go, and if somebody wants to play, you could do a certain adventure or a mystery particular room. The, one of the crystal, one of the pieces of the crystals actually comes out, and you can give it to the party to collect as they play the game. Yeah, that was going to ask. Are you going to be kind of having other kind of little models as well, as in terms of you know chests or movable items? You know that can be added. Oh yes. In? Yeah, actually, I just uh, sent to Ian yesterday a, a set of 17 different accessories that I wanted to have uh, for the particular <laughs> dungeon. Uh, so people have other accessory pieces. And here, yeah. I'll list some of those off uh, as soon as I find them. Uh, we had uh, uh, a, a mine cart, uh, yeah. a broken mine cart. Some crates, barrels, mine tools, broken and unbroken, a forge with an anvil, uh, beds, tables, um, let's see, a, a rail track stop. I call it the rail track stopper at the end of the rail track that mm-hmm. uh, will stop a rail cart, uh, alarm bell with some. So there's a lot of different accessory pieces that I want to include so people have them as they, they go through and play. Yeah, I kind of i I still kind of miss the way Hero Quest used to do kind of their little kind of mm-hmm. tables and stuff. Like that. And I'm sure there's been mm-hmm. more, you know, well produced kind of um, tables since then. But you never ever forget your kind of your first kind of sorcerer's tomb or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I still have all that. I have most of that stuff. Exactly. Some of of those things are are precious to me. And when we bring them out, I I tell my son, even though he's going on 13, hey, you got to be careful with that because I don't want you to break it because I can't replace it. Exactly. It's not like they could send it back to you and you could give them a replacement kind of free of charge. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. You know, just, uh, you know, singing the company song. Um, when are you when are you looking at launching the the Kickstarter for that? We're la- we're look. I like to launch it uh, at the beginning of June, uh, the first or second week of June, okay. at the latest. It'll, it, we, okay. I know it will launch before Origins, which is uh, June twelfth through the sixteenth. So, beginning of June, uh, I'm looking to launch that. Uh, there'll be videos posted and pictures posted. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to, to do that now uh, to give some people some sneak peeks. If, mm-hmm. if you go to our, uh, if you go to Tomb Guardians Miniatures on Facebook, or you can go to our Instagram or Twitter account and join us, uh, you'll be able to see some of those pictures. And I, we sent uh, a few to you to yourself also, so you get an idea what those. They'll be they in look the show like. notes. So if you're checking the show notes just now, there should be a huge, beautiful picture in the banner art. And there also should be, I'm going to try and drop a couple into the show notes as well so that people can take a, can take a look. So if they're looking at the episode just now online, um, they should be able to see a couple of, a couple of pictures in there as well. Um, you mentioned kind of going forward, releasing the kind of the full system. I mean, where are you in terms of that kind of plan? I mean, is that, is that towards kind of like the last quarter of this year? Have you got kind of any details you can share about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's progressing. <laughs> I, 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 
I'll say it, my partner will say it's going really, really, really slow. Um, yeah. But in reality, it's actually it's it's going slowly. I mean, I am a person that is very much detail oriented, and he is Rick is even more so than I. So, um, he it's at the point now where the rules are done. It's the graphic artist mm-hmm. that we're working with. Um, he's he is uh, he's out of Belgium, and our writer uh, that writes the backstories for the miniatures and also the uh, backstory for the world uh, mm-hmm. is uh, lives in Germany. So those items are going. Uh, the the rules themselves are done. The backstories are being written. The graphic arts part of it is where we're at right now with creating the character cards because each character has their own individual stats so if you you pick a dwarf and there'll be i believe we finally agreed that there's going to be six different dwarves that you'll be able to play in the party and six of anything it doesn't matter dwarf so it'll be six thoroughly, of each thoroughly disappointed there's not seven Cass, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, I argued. I, think, I wanted five. He wanted six. So we ended up agreeing with I six. I think it was. Uh, seven would have been the one. You know. Oh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time and tell him, you know, we got a request to have it seven. And you have to have, have, have just an extra one. You know, <laughs> he'll have a coronary. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he, he'll, he'll have a heart attack. Um, uh, but so we have, in any faction, there'll be six different characters that you'll be able to play there's 10 Mm -hmm. different characters in the miniature collection that you'll be able to to use for those six characters so some of them have like if you want to use a uh, an archer though you can use maybe a bowman or a crossbowman and you can choose which one you want to use Mm -hmm. but uh we're the process like i said for the graphic artist developing the character cards and the art for the monster cards and it just takes a while, uh, a while to do because we're both we both want certain things, and he wants a little bit more detail. So that thing that just takes a little bit more time. But being that there's more detail, it just gives the game that much appeal. So mm-hmm. when you look, I got a, a picture today. He, uh, the artist, did our uh, mountain ogre uh, for a picture for one of the cards. And it blew me away what he did. And I was fine with that. I was like, Rick, if you want to go with that, that's awesome. He's like, nope, I want more detail. He's got to do this and this. I was like, all right. Well, I was happy with it. But mm-hmm. um, things take time. So in reality, it looks like it'll be the last quarter of this year. Uh, end of October, November timeframe is when we're looking at it uh, for the release of the game itself. And I can't wait. to. Uh, we'll send you. A, we'll try to send you a copy so you can... Uh, uh, preview it and uh, game test it and, and such. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'd love that. That would be abs. Yeah, that'd be cool. I do like, but I'll, I'll be putting in an extra dwarf. I'll tell you now, <laughs> um, without uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, if people want to kind of, you know, keep themselves in the loop, you've mentioned obviously you guys are kind of on. Kind of on Instagram is the is the best place for them to go to the Tomb Guardians kind of Facebook page and keep an eye on Instagram and jump on the Twitter. Is that the best way to kind of keep an eye on everything that's going to be happening over the next couple of months with you guys? 
for the initial releases, if the if you want to take a look at what's coming, yes, the easiest way is the social media. Um, uh-huh. Our website, which is tombguardians.com. Uh, if uh, the Amazons actually are all on our, our female Amazon faction, which is going to be another Kickstarter releasing, all the pictures are on on our website currently that you can go and, and view them and see what the mm-hmm. queen looks like and what the mage and the cleric or there's no there's a, a mage and a shaman an older lady shaman uh, cool. or if you want to see what the what the uh, archers are going to be we have two different archers we got a, a, a bow woman and a, a, a slinger we, we decided i decided to do a, a woman that has a sling and then there of course there's four female um warriors so you can go there and see those pictures but the best way uh is to go to either our facebook page at uh, tomb guardians miniatures or instagram okay. or twitter and and uh see the uh, the pieces that we're releasing and we try to send and we try to put a new piece out there every three to five days to show, yeah, show people yeah, what's yeah. coming and we we sh- we shown the a lot of the amazons uh recently but the amazon had the amazon production i decided to hold back and wait to release uh one because of production but the the other reason was is i wanted to really get the terrain out there uh and let people get a look at the terrain and another aspect of our business that we're going to be releasing so you get the terrain, you get the miniatures, and then mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. the at the end of the year you get the the rule set that tie everything together. Cool, excellent. Well, um, we'll make sure that everything goes in the show notes so people can keep an eye on you. Um, if people want to keep an eye on us, they just need to go on to or to the Google search for We're Not Wizards, and you'll find us on your Instagrams and your Facebooks and your Twitters and our website which is we're not wizards.com our blog which is we're not wizards.blogspot.com you can find us on youtube you can find us in all these lovely podcast catcher places and um, all of either got pod or the word cast in them except for spotify because it likes to be different um and if you like what you've listened along to tonight then there's a couple of things you can do just tell somebody else um we spread like a horrific virus at a bus stop. So stand next to somebody else and sneeze. We are not wizards all over them if you'd like to do that. And the second thing you can do is you can go to Apple Podcasts. You can drop us a rating, a a subscription or a review. If you are going to be giving us a review, remember, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five because it's average and we are just a little bit average but the person who's not been average tonight is rather fantastic the rather wonderful Mr. Kasowinski thank you very very much for coming on sir oh I appreciate it anytime uh, that you want to talk I mean I can talk hours about uh, (laughs) miniatures or the business or the company or just in general about gaming I'm I'm a fanatic I love it uh, and I could talk hours. So I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Uh, like I said, anytime you want to have me again and do this again, I, I've got no problem doing it. 
And if anybody Fantastic. has any questions, shoot us an email. They can shoot us an email, and yes. that gets directly forwarded to me. Any questions about the business come to me, and I will answer you back within generally, generally an hour. Uh, I'm all I'm on top. Usually, absolutely. Usually, absolutely. Usually, unless my kids have uh, have sporting events, then uh, that's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> my wife will shoot me if I if, exactly. I, uh, if I'm exactly. working at that. Just I'm just I'm just <laughs> replying to this email, you know. Yeah, ballerina about... class, and I'm texting. <laughs> exactly. Mm-mm, that's not going to be a good thing. Um, <laughs> there are only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Cass? Absolutely not. That we're the missing seventh dwarf. That's what we are. Do you know what they say? Just remember. That six out of seven dwarfs aren't happy. <laughs> and the next thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Cass. Say goodbye, Cass. Goodbye. Thank you for again. You're very, very welcome. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Make something awful. And keep an eye out on what Tomb Guardians are going to be doing next. But until the next time, goodbye. <laughs> Wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.